I'm R.J. Bell with the sports betting headlines for Friday. Last night, Giannis out, Trey Young out. Who was more important? Well, the Milwaukee Bucks, who remained dominated in the paint. Milwaukee up 3-2, to two, and the clear favorites now to advance to the finals. Game 6 tomorrow night, Giannis now doubtful. Trey Young, we're not sure. Atlanta is favored in that game. We'll do an early preview. Speaking of early, talking NFL football, the Dallas Cowboys are going to be covered on hard knocks. Why am I talking about it? Because we uncovered last year a hard knocks curse, at least from the Vegas perspective. We'll explain. Here comes a four-hour The Vegas Truth covering all that and more. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. This is Straight Out of Vegas with the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it, a hard knocks curse. Can you believe that? This is RJ coming to you from Las Vegas on a Friday on 225 FSR stations across this great, great nation. Sports bettors listen for the money. I don't want to make a big deal about this, but cashed another best bet last night. McKenzie, another loser. It, it could be coincidental. I don't want to make a big deal about it. McKenzie, how are you feeling about that loser? I thought it was the right side watching most of that game. Well, everyone who it bets happens. thinks it's the right side. Imagine betting saying, I think this is wrong, but I'm doing it. <laughs> well, I mean, after the, sometimes you reevaluate. I, I thought it was the right side. I thought it was a five, 55% play that happened to lose. Oh, wow. And, <laughs> and what was the total? So your, your bet was what exactly? Holiday under 23 and a half points. So he must have scored 24, 25. 25, exactly right. Oh, so it was just over. But didn't he have like 15 points in the first five minutes? Yeah, it was crazy. I heard he heard about you. I heard it was locker room material. Sports fighters do listen (laughs) for the money. Sports fans to know more than their buddies. I'm the pro. He's the Joan L.A., Jonas Knox. Always good to be here, RJ. And yes, on a day in which the Dallas Cowboys will find themselves on national television yet again. And we've got ourselves one team one step closer to the NBA Finals. What is the Vegas lead here on this Friday? Yeah, we'll do the bottom of the hour. We'll go over the hard knocks curse. But... Obviously, the one big event in sports because we don't really acknowledge hockey. Only if there's, a, we should let everyone know this. If there's a game seven, we'll give it 30 seconds. So, in the Stanley Cup finals, I mean. So, you know, be ready for that. That will be at the bottom of the hour of some future possible day if I don't forget. But we are going to focus on Milwaukee's impressive. Uh, without Giannis, sans Giannis' performance. Yeah, and it was the Bucks last night at home. No Giannis. Uh, the announcement of Trey Young about an hour and a half before the game that he would also be out, but it was all Milwaukee. 123-112 the final. The Bucks have a 3-2 series lead, and they can wrap things up in Atlanta tomorrow night. I got to be honest with you. I felt like our rationale, you know, the, the announcement came out live on air, there were, we were in a break. We came out of the break, announced it that Young was out, and we quickly made some bets. And to me, the bet on Milwaukee was obvious. 
the reason I'm saying this is this isn't what everyone believes. So a uh, longtime participant in the show, Fezzik, was in, in studio yesterday for something. He's going to act. We're going to have some tape on him we'll use next week. Uh, so that should be exciting. But he was saying he thought Giannis was uh, clearly worth upwards of six, maybe even seven points. Now, seven would be an all-timer, but his rationale was – hey, the pace of play is so much faster now compared to, let's say, Jordan, though Jordan could be more valuable per possession. Maybe a Giannis more valuable um, with the pace of play over the course of a game. I'm not sure about that, but the fact that he's even in the conversation I think is noteworthy. And then it was, well, what about Trey Young? And the thought was, oh, I three points, four points. Uh, Mackenzie, what's your number on Trey Young? Three and a half. Yeah, that, and I got to be honest with you, Jonas. Wow. I mean, this is you know, physics a professional opinion, and I look at it and I say, and I'm looking at the box score, and I'm saying, all right, we've got Bondanovich who's limping, we got Herder who's pretty effective typically, and we got Lou Williams who never started really, and he got shipped out of town, and John Collins, Capella. I mean, like, who is the player here? Like, like my question is, this lineup for Atlanta last night is ranked where? 1-32 to 32 in the NBA. If, if this were the team. Oh, saying Bondanovich is hobbled like he is the whole year. Like, somehow, that's just who he is. Because that's really what matters, right? Is how good is this Atlanta team now? And how much of a loss is Trey Young to this team? I would say this might be the worst team in the NBA. Well, I mean, they were a five seed coming in with Trey Young. This isn't a playoff team without him, for sure. I, I, I mean, Mackenzie, where would you put Atlanta with this lineup, given this scenario? Meaning, again, the key point being Bondanovich being hobbled. Take another point for Bogdanovich, minus three and oh, no, a half no, no, for no, Young. No, whoa, whoa, stop, stop, stop. The last thing I want is for you to continue <laughs> with the ass nine approach of saying, well, Young's worth three or four. He's not. He's worth more than that. So I'm saying you. Okay. I, I, I want you to come at it from a different direction. I want you to say, who's the worst te- who is the worst team in your ratings at the end of the year, at the end of the regular season? The Oklahoma City Thunder. Okay. And who was the second worst? The Orlando Magic. Okay. So look at what I'm going to do is have you, as Jonas and I continue the conversation, I want you to look at that lineup and I want you to look at this lineup and tell me how they compare. All right. Because what happens is when people think that they have the right number and they're always using that as the like God's reference. Well, you know, uh, they're now currently an even team. So Bondanovich hobbled is worth a point. So no, 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 no. (laughs) I'm saying the whole premise is wrong. That this team right. without Young is maybe the worst team in the NBA. So we'll give you three or four minutes silently, and then we'll call you back in. Jonas, what's your thought on it? Um, I just here's my question on the value: Is it because Giannis brings so much more than Trey Young defensively, and maybe that's the difference? Because when you said three and a half, I I also thought that was pretty low. Because I I don't know, like I said, that this is even close to a playoff team without Trey Young. I mean, they've got some good pieces here or there, but I think Milwaukee. Well, after, what's even the good pieces? I mean, John Collins is a good player. Lou Williams is a good scorer. Bogdanovich is a talented guy. I mean. They've got, you know, a Gallinari has his moments where he can play well. Like, they've got some players there, but I don't, I don't think they're a playoff I mean, team. If this was a three-on-three league, 
I, what you were saying would make sense. It's like, yeah, Capella here. But I mean, in the end, and maybe Capella because he is so good on defense. And, and, and maybe that's the ultimate point. Yes, no doubt Giannis's rating accounts for the, the entire game, defense included. Giannis is an elite defender. Trey Young is a below average defender. No doubt. <sighs> yeah, I, my point is if you don't have a minimum amount of offense, it's not about a point here, a point there. It's about dozens of points. You just can't play. Like if yeah. you are at a certain level or lack of, of offense, if you have a certain lack of it, at some point you're not a competitive NBA team. And my point is there's just not enough offense on this floor for someone to you know start. Imagine that the entire, you've got a good defensive team in Milwaukee going against who is the best offensive player. And if we want to say Lou Williams – it's like, okay, but listen, the Clippers don't seem to have too much trouble with uh, those who maybe are unconventional. I mean, they seem to be almost like the land of misfits toys. If you got talent and you're 6'8", the Clippers got a place for you. Yeah. And it, it seems that you shipping Lou Williams out of town is a statement about Lou Williams, it seems to me. Either he's, his play is dropping off or he was too much of a distraction Whatever it was, the Clippers don't seem to give up on people too easily. Would you agree with that? No, I agree. And I also think that Trey Young's value has only gone up this postseason. No so doubt. It, whatever the number was going into the playoffs, I think it's gone way up. In fact, I wonder if it's gone up more so than, than anybody in the postseason. Right I now, think, just, yeah, I think he's right there. Um <sighs> I mean, maybe Paul George probably going to get some love from some people. And I think I, rightfully so. Yeah. And, and then yeah. outside of that, I'm, tr- I'm just trying to think, like, who would even be in the conversation of guys who whose value has gone up as much as Trey Young has this postseason? You know, we had an interesting conversation about Chris Paul because the sense is the amount of attention he's getting is going way up. I would make the case if you just look at his play on the court. Now, he's had some good games, and the most recent one was a real good game. But otherwise, I think you almost look at Chris Paul and think you you would almost downgrade him. Now, you can say, well, post-COVID, we're going to give him a break for the first three games. Okay. And it's going to be – and then he hurt his shoulder, so we're going to give him a break in the Lakers series. Okay. But then where were the good games at? So, like, Chris Paul, though, he's getting a lot more talk. I think at, at best he's where he was. Um, Mitchell, maybe? Yeah, Donovan Mitchell was pretty good. Devin Booker has been good as yeah, no, well, I think, too. But, you know, actually thinking about Booker probably more than Mitchell, yeah. I'd say. But I also think that there was a feeling going into the playoffs that, I mean, like, we've seen Devin Booker have just monster performances. We've seen these guys and how well they played at the bubble. I don't think anybody saw this from Trey Young. I no, think they knew I, he was talented, but I, I don't think, think they saw this. I think undebatably, Trey Young has been the biggest upgrade because the, the, the knock on Trey Young was a lot of offense – he can pass if he wants to pass. Otherwise, huge defensive liability, kind of like a Dominic Wilkins. Almost, you know, he's a uh, Tracy McGrady, a guy yeah. that can score. The McGrady was bigger, a guy that can score, but otherwise, he fills up the box score, but doesn't help a team win. Was right. the rap? Yeah, I think it, you can make the case it's the opposite now that he still fills up the box score, but he's a winner. I mean, this guy on the road, this guy's guts, and it really goes to show you how if his ankle if, – if we thought he was going to play last game and then he misses that one and misses a second, one, it proves more than anything uh, the information flow when it comes to injuries – is not in any way re- related to reality. 
They yeah. they are trying to deceive us at every turn. And to me, that's a peccadillo. When people are betting on these games, whatever competitive edge you gain by not letting the opponent know what the true state of the other players or the players on your team are, it feels like the amount of deception and with money is a bad combination. And I also wonder, and, and I, I thought about this, and I, this is probably a crazy thought, but I was just thinking that maybe Atlanta's approach to last night was this. They feel like there's a better chance Trey Young is going to come back in this series than Giannis. And, and, and if I were to bet, I would say there's, I, I would absolutely bet on that happening. And maybe they thought, all right, we trust that with Trey Young, we can beat this team on the road or at home. So why not sit him last night Get a couple, cheat and get a couple extra days rest. We'll, we'll sacrifice a, a loss um, and go down 3 2, knowing we're probably not going to have to deal with Giannis in game six and seven, but at least we'll have Trey Young back and a little bit more healthy to do so. You know, when I hear you say that, the first thought I have is the idea that he could play, but hey, go take a nap. But no, what you're saying is he was somewhere on the borderline, yeah. perhaps. And that if he would have went, it would have been like a real like, man, he's got he's gutsy to go here. And your rationale being, I don't know, though, because if you look at game six, so game six is Saturday night and game six is in Atlanta. Now, this is a game that, you know, the home team should be a clear favor and they're only favored by what's the current number two, McKenzie? Two and a half. Two and a half. So this is slightly below home court. So what they're saying is whatever chance there is of Trey Young playing, Milwaukee is still the better team by a smidge. That's showing you how bad – and, and, again, I think it shows you how good the Milwaukee pick, which it's easy to say now in hindsight, at minus four was. And the rationale was simple. If with Giannis, this team is favored by – with Giannis and a Trey Young – so let's say both the starters in Milwaukee at home was upwards of eight in some spots at different points. So the idea that Giannis is gone and Trey Young is gone and the net effect should be a four point swing, you know, downgrading Milwaukee. That says Giannis is four points better than Trey Young. That just doesn't make sense to me. Where What did it close at? Because I know when we were on the air, we started the show yesterday for people that made, maybe didn't heard it. We started the show yesterday, and the line was two and a half. Milwaukee minus two and a half. Assumption was Young was, was playing, but yeah. likely hobbled. And then in 60 seconds, and that's not even an exaggeration, it shot up to four. And so I just wondered, there was still an hour and a half or so before the game tipped off. I just wonder how much more the line moved. It, closed, it closed four and a half with some minus minus juice on the favorite. So it was like, let's say 4.75. So in between four and a half and five. So less than you think, but again, it could be because Giannis is considered so much more valuable, which I disagree with. Or number two, it could be that when there's only an hour is an hour. And yeah, if it's a professional syndicate, they're there watching. There's a lot of people that bet real money that were maybe at dinner with their family. And in general, things move, the financial markets move on the stock market in milliseconds. But even though betting is millions and millions and billions of dollars, it doesn't move quite. Sometimes you'll see an injury, like the Steelers. They lost to Castro uh, on our podcast. We quickly had a bet on Pittsburgh under, like within about 12 hours. 
And then what ended up happening under for the season wins, then the season wins went down over the next week. It just it, 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 the markets are not as efficient, which is an advantage to batters. The more fi- the more efficient a market is, the harder it is to beat. Go ahead. Would it, would there have been more of a movement? Sorry to interrupt. Would there have been more of a movement if this were a weekend game? If last night was a Saturday, uh, would there have been I'd more say movement? less of less of a movement okay. because in general. Batters are human beings uh, that 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 have weekends, and they're especially during the summer <laughs> when a lot of people are on the lake or whatever they do. Uh, I like to stay in Vegas, but you know other people <laughs> do other things. So, I, in in fact, there's a phenomenon in which if it's a Christmas night or whatever, and there's an injury, that's when the some of the the more predatory batters aggressively try to bet because <laughs> they got the B team or the C team in there and they don't know how to move the lines. So. So, yeah, this is as big as this industry is. It's not 24 hours, you know, with a full staff. All right, quickly, McKenzie, let, give me a ranking now between Atlanta, OK, as they were constituted last night, OKC, I, I guess what, Houston, Orlando? Go ahead. Yeah, I would have the Thunder with SGA better than this Hawks team, but I would have the Hawks definitely better than the Magic or the Rockets. Clint Capella, like you said, defensively, still a very effective player, probably more effective than anybody on a bottom five team currently. Okay, so what happened to you? The well, uh, uh, I'll take Bondanovich and subtract the point. So, what would you have concluded if you would have done it that way? Twentieth. Uh huh. Uh huh. Do you see the flaw? Sometimes you have to reconsider things, RJ. You've taught me that. You've taught me that. (laughs) All right. Well, we're going to give him time to do that. Let's take our first break. When we come back, we're going to dig in a little bit to Milwaukee's performance. And most specifically, what is it that they did in this game without Giannis that speaks very well to them against Phoenix if they make it and Giannis comes back? He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I disagree with I disagree with if you speak out against the I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments, we will continue to take a look back at Game 5 of the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, what Milwaukee did in this game that bodes well for a title run, especially if they get Giannis back. And we're going to look at the quote-unquote curse, uh, the NFL curse when it comes to... Oh, I'm having the metal block. What's the what's HBO's the, Hard Knocks? Hard, hard knocks. knocks. That's right. Hard Knocks is the name of the show. And, but by the way, Mackenzie, we're gonna look at that at the bottom of the hour. Is take a gander at like the first four weeks because I think those uh, it's kind of unique. And then look at the last four weeks because there's a fatigue question because of the focus of the show and also the theory is they're a little distracted coming in the beginning of the season. So take a gander at that. Uh, and again, like we said, the Milwaukee. Uh, trend that is just so encouraging and it's about hustle and effort and we're going to get that in just a minute this is the fastest growth show on fox sports radio audiences doubled last year plus that's you spreading the word keep it up thank you and we'll keep working extra hard to deliver a valuable and fun show to you and you can listen and the weekends are a great time to catch up 
You can listen by podcast to every show. Everyone, it's free. Just search for Straight Out of Vegas on your favorite pod player. Catch up over the weekend right here in Vegas on the Strip. 108 degrees. The neon is pumping. So, RJ, uh, no Giannis, no problem for the Milwaukee Bucks. <laughs> they get it done last night. 123-112, the final. Milwaukee now one win away from the NBA Finals. What do you think about Sons Giannis? Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, it could be almost a song. <laughs> His name goes well with a lot of things. If, if you pronounce it right. A lot yes. of people get that wrong. I'm not trying <laughs> yeah. to name names. All right. So what is impressive? Because what would you say Atlanta, what was their real opportunity? How were they going to win? What was their way to win the game last night? Well, that way was shoot the three, right? Hit some threes. Get some three shooters out there. Well, they hit. Atlanta, 39% from three, which is way above average. It's excellent for this team. And they made 15 threes, 15 made threes. Now, Milwaukee made nine threes. So that means there's an 18-point deficit, six made threes times three, 18-point deficit Milwaukee had against Atlanta on threes. Uh, This is a make-or-miss league I keep hearing, but, oh, no, that's fine. We'll give you those 18 and win by 11. What happened? But what we're seeing is that in every other way, almost, Milwaukee dominated. Milwaukee had less turnovers, or they caused more turnovers, however you want to consider it, right? They don't turn the ball over. Atlanta did more. They had more offensive rebounds. Now, though Atlanta actually rebounded quite well offensively, Milwaukee even better. Free throw rate, another one of the four factors, which is a famous way to look at the NBA, Milwaukee an advantage. So it literally was an example that you could give Atlanta and it go about as well as possible when it came to three-point shooting. It could have went better, but, I mean, this was a real good result for them three-point-wise Atlanta. And still they lose by double digits because things like turnovers, things like offensive rebounds, things like making free throws, that's something, quite frankly, Atlanta just isn't good at. And Trey Young somehow is able to compensate for that. His, his and again, I'm just on this train that Trey Young, tra- the way he transforms Atlanta into a viable Final Four team, where I don't know if they're the 28th best team without him, but it's somewhere in that range, 28, 27, maybe even worse. And I want to drill down to one last thing. If you look at shots at the rim, which is a stat that's kept. And there's two issues with shots at the rim. One is what's the frequency is, how often do you get that kind of shot, and what's the accuracy, which means how often do you make it. So there's a site called Clean the Glass that does some good work with this kind of thing, and they rank in the percentile. So if you're the best at something, it's 100. If you're the worst, it's 1. Okay, when it comes to the number of shots at the rim, Atlanta had uh, was in the 16th percentile, right, really bad. Milwaukee was in the 69th percentile, really good. If you look at the shots made at the rim, Atlanta did okay, 56th percentile, so right around average. Milwaukee was in the 90, oh, check that. Atlanta was in the 22nd percentile. Milwaukee was in the 97th percentile. So Milwaukee's really high on getting shots at the rim, and they made like a shocking number of them. Now you flip it, and you see that at threes, it's almost to the shot. Milwaukee had less threes than they had more rim shots. So it was like literally it was a trade-off. It was like, all right, Atlanta's going to take a few shots at the rim, 
and more shots at three. Milwaukee's going to take a bunch of shots at the rim, less shots at three. And lo and behold, Milwaukee makes a ton of the rim shots, which makes sense. It's right there at the rim. And then at three, though Atlanta makes more than you think, it's still not enough. Their made was uh, 62nd percentile, but you know what? Still not enough. And it goes to show you, which to me, Jonas, it feels good. It goes to show you that though the three is somewhat dominant, that jump shooting is important. The fundamentals that more, you know, Milwaukee's coaching staff gets blamed for a lot of things, and I think rightfully so. But this is a very solid defensive team and a very solid fundamentals team. And to me, without the superstars, it felt like an old school game. And what won was the fundamentals. Yeah, no, and it seemed like instead of them just saying, all right, we don't have our guy that can get to the basket whenever we want in Giannis, so let's just stand back and shoot threes, they made a concerted effort to get to the rim. Like, they made a concerted effort to, this is going to be the easiest way for us to produce points, for us to get, you know, to get things going. I mean, they had four starters score 22-plus points in that game. You know, they, did, they didn't need a lot from their bench just because those guys played well enough, and they weren't just sitting back there chucking up threes all game like we've seen a lot of teams do. You make a great point, right? Middleton, 26 points. Holiday over his point total at 25. Brooke Lopez <laughs> leading at 33. And Bobby Portis. Listen, when you got Bobby Portis stepping up, you got to feel pretty good. 22. Though he took 20 shots. <laughs> Bobby, listen, if I'm betting and I'm like, well, which side do you bet? RJ, take I bet the side uh, the Bobby Portis shot twenty times. I'm like running for running for the hills, thinking <laughs> I have no chance of winning that bet. But the nice win. Now let's look quick. You know what we'll do in the last segment? We'll look ahead at the Saturday game six, and the line right now is Atlanta at home favored by two and a half. Obviously, question marks with Young. Very unlikely Giannis plays. We'll see. Explain why the line is what it is, and see if there's any bets there. If it was my choice, Jonas, I'm going to defer to you. Maybe the Dallas Cowboys and Hard Knocks. Yeah, Dallas Cowboys, third time, and maybe it'll be the charm for the Dallas Cowboys. They have been announced as the team that will be featured this year on HBO's Hard Knocks. It's the third time Jerry Jones and company have been featured on the program. The program's been around since 2001. So there's been, so far, uh, 16 different teams that – were featured and one time it was 15 years two time two teams in one year and never so the curse would be and we can dig a little deeper on this never has a team featured on hard knocks even made the super bowl didn't even forget winning it they haven't even made it now statistically over the course of 16 teams one team should have made the Super Bowl. So it's not just, oh, it's only 16 teams. It's like, well, do the math, right? One out of 16 teams makes the Super Bowl every year. Thus, one out of 16 years, one of the team, or one out of 16 teams, one year at a time, one should have made it just randomly. They didn't. Now, does that tell you that there's a curse? Maybe, maybe not. But I do believe the following, and then we can dig into the numbers a little bit. NFL teams hate distractions. And if you think back to the Browns a couple years ago, it strikes me that when you've got the defensive coordinator plotting against the head coach, you got, you know, let's be candid. Reality shows like the real world don't lend itself to stability, right? When Puck is talking about the other roommates there's or Jersey Shore, you know, when Jay Wow's <laughs> going crazy, it's 
serious. <laughs> and it's a distraction. I don't see, I get it. Jerry Jones is a showman and a PT Barnum. And he's thinking to whatever degree it hurts the Cowboys, it builds the Cowboy brand. I would make the choice or the case that the winning teams, let's see, who's the great winners? New England. How many times have they been a hard knocks? None. All right. Steelers? None. Green Bay? None. Seattle? Nope. I mean, uh, uh, Kansas City now? No. Baltimore? Or, or one, Kansas City was one time in 07. But Long Andy Reid wasn't there. Right. So what I'm saying is it's not a coincidence that if you ticked off, and I mean, feel free to name another team that you think rises to the level you know, uh, lately the 49ers, right, with Shanahan, they weren't there. So to me, I'm not sure if there's been one team that was a winning team over the long midterm with an elite coach that is the type to have the power to say no to the owner. I, I think we're over with that, right? Not yeah. one time. And I also think in today's NFL where because of the NFLPA, you know, uh, wanting to, you know, try and exercise some sort of power and flex something. And so what they've agreed to is less practice time and less, you know, gatherings and less meetings and all that stuff. You have so you have so much so many fewer reps to be able to get prepared for a season. Why do you want to spoil any of that because a camera crews in the building trying to document a TV show? Like, I agree. And think about it. Let's say you didn't know anything. Let's say you you were a guy that just bought a team a billionaire but you weren't let's say a big nfl guy and you come in and say all right we got a decision to make on this hard knocks and then they say all right let's see what other people are doing how many times who's the winners out there and they tick off all the teams okay uh how many times have they collectively done this zero it's a it's not like oh there's a propensity where 42 percent of the time a team that's losing does it but only 41 percent no no Never, never has a winning team. And again, we're using winning not as in they had more than 50% of wins last year, but one of the consistent winners in the NFL. They've never done it. And the fact that Dallas has done it three times now or coming into a third is is a heck of a, I think, it's emblematic of where Dallas is about not just winning. He wants to win, but he's about attention Jerry Jones, it seems, more than winning, though he loves to win. Last thing, Mackenzie, as we looked at narrowing down the results with these teams, we know none has made the Super Bowl. Has uh, has there been any effect in the first four weeks, last four weeks? What do you say? It seems like teams eventually get uh, get better. Because the, the first four weeks is about 50-50. Right, so this, this is against the spread? Yes, against the spread. But the last four weeks, I'm looking at the last 10 years, it's actually 60% winners for these hard-knock teams the last 10 years. All right, so this is an example where if you try to backfit things, you can get a, you can say left-handed quarterbacks east of the Mississippi <laughs> after 9 p.m. Or it could be, it could be the fact that they're so happy to get away from hard knocks when they catch your breath, they're better. But what we know is if you just look at the uh, over-under win total, the team of all those teams, they have a there's a losing rack. If you just blindly had bet all the hard knocks teams that season to go over the total on their season wins, you would have a below 50 percent record. And none of the teams have made the Super Bowl. None that participate in hard knocks. I think if they watch hard knocks, they hardly even make it. But participating, <laughs> forget about it. And then if you look at it again, is if they're losing when it comes to just season win totals, not by a huge amount, but losing. And finally, none of the winners do it. 
So this to me is a negative for Dallas, and I can't lie. Since I have a Washington, we gave this bet right here, to win the East. Washington football team to win the East at plus 350. Mmm, that's juicy. What's the current number on that, McKenzie? Plus 250. See, Jonas, when I bet it at 350, <laughs> it's going to be at 250 before you know it. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Straight Out of Vegas here on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. He's the voice of Vegas, RJ Bell. Did I hear that right, Jonas? Someone's Olympic dreams are being dashed over smoking marijuana? Yeah. It, uh, that doesn't tested, seem right. They they tested for it and um, it was in her system and she got popped. I mean, you imagine if they tested at FSR for marijuana, it'd be like every third day Jonas is out. <laughs> never. <laughs> I've actually never even had a cigarette in my life. Is that nothing. true? Yeah, I've never had a cigarette, not a cigar, not a pain pill, no weed, nothing. Oh my never gosh. Once. Yeah. How, how about heroin? No, I mean, well, I'll do that from time to time. Okay, okay. But yeah, that's as far as I'll go. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not into the hard stuff. <laughs> All right, when we come back, we're going to do a preview, an early preview of Saturday's basketball game. And by popular request, I've got to take on the name and image likeness in the NCAA. And it's kind of a hot take, I can't lie. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Right out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, three-time Pro Bowler LeVar Arrington, and I couldn't be more excited to announce a new podcast called Up On Game. What is Up On Game, you ask? Along with my fellow Pro Bowler, TJ Hushmanzada, and Super Bowl champion, yep, that's right, Plexico Burris. You can only name a show with that type of talent on it, Up On Game. We're going to be sharing our real-life experiences, loaded with teachable moments. Listen to Up On Game with me, LeVar Arrington, TJ Hushmanzada, and Plexico Burris on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. And, R.J., it's been a chaotic 24 to 48 hours in the NCAA as college athletes are now able to capitalize on name, image, and likeness. We've seen everything from a Division two and three athletes signing with Barstool Sports. There was an Arkansas wide receiver who signed with PetSmart. Uh, all sorts of fun stuff happening in, uh, in college athletics right now. So I should say as a little tease, I'm going to have a full best bat here in about three minutes on the Milwaukee and Atlanta game six. So just came up with it, looking at the numbers. It's it's an obvious one. But name image likeness. To me, there's two issues here, Jonas. One is it's absurd that there were for so long these fat and happy NCAA types. And if you've ever been or even observed any kind of bowl game type stuff. It's the swag. It's the parties. It's the drinks. It's the shrimp. They put shrimp in their suit pockets, aluminum foil to take home. It's shrimp, shrimp, shrimp. And then you got kids who literally, uh, 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 you could make the case, uh, are the 
I don't even think you make the case. I think it's un, uh, unequivocal. They're the main reasons these games are popular. It's not the executives. It's the, the players. And they were supposed to be eating, you know, like Roman noodles or whatever for 59 cents on a little hot plate in a given spot. Now, I get it. There's training table. And I get it. There's a lot of advantages that athletes have, especially in revenue sports, D1 at certain schools. No doubt. But you know what? They deserve that and more. And the idea that to have their parents come see them play or something, they couldn't do it oftentimes unless they did something illicit. And it was like, okay, well, that's fine. Just wink, wink, do it. But it's it's, it's negative. It hurts a society when you force people to break laws. Because if you make something illegal that should be legal and you don't enforce it, you could say, it's no big deal, man, just do it. It's like, yeah, but anytime the government or whoever the authority is decides that, you know, we're going to start enforcing that, all of a sudden now, like, wait a minute, you know, can, can they go after you even though they wink, wink before? And then the thing is, we all have a certain feeling when we do something that breaks the rules. Now, some of us like that. There are certain people that love breaking rules, but most people don't like it. To, so to force someone to break a rule to have what seems like a basic uh, right or at least a basic benefit for being such a, you know a good player or even a division one player in a revenue sport I think is absurd and wrong especially when it's contrasted with all the shrimp eating that's going on to me <laughs> what I find the more fascinating part of this is the whole title nine debate so you know most people know title nine is I think it's fair to say a subsidy where the revenue sports will help uh, women's sports. And these are sports that maybe are, are oftentimes are a net negative financially, but because they're subsidized by the football program or the basketball program, they get a chance to have a woman's soccer team, a woman's tennis team, et cetera. And you even saw like a Stanford when, when there was issues of revenue, they were starting to cut sports, a lot of sports. I think they've actually backtracked on that. But, I mean, the very fact that there are these programs is driven by uh, the revenue sports. So, to me, that's a wonderful thing. Uh, anyone that's seen young women uh, participate in sports, I think it's unequivocal that there's a, a real benefit to that. Now, my point would be that now that you want to compensate how do you say, well, the women don't get it, but the men do. And we can talk about, well, the revenue generation, all that. I like the name image likeness because it's not about the schools giving any money to these players. Let's not lose sight of that. It's the players being freed to, to be compensated for what they should own anyway. This is yeah. their name, their image, their likeness. And thus, to be compensated for that isn't what the school gave them. It's what the restriction that was lifted. And the beauty of it is a lot of these women in some of the sports that aren't revenue generating have a huge social media following, like Collins talked about, and they will make a lot of money from it. So to me, it feels very capitalistic and very American. And I think it's a, at least a good start in that direction. And RJ, we've got a good start to the weekend here for a lot of people as we have a best bet now in game six of the NBA playoffs coming up tomorrow night. It is the Bucks at the Hawks. And right now, Atlanta is a two and a half point favorite on pregame.com. OK, I'm shifting gears from my hot take gear to my cold cash over hot take gear. And I really like and we're going to make a full best bet on the Milwaukee Bucks plus two and a half. Now, we're going to do a comparison here. It's real simple, this handicap. Game three would be the analogous game to this. Trey Young, but, 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 
Trey Young wasn't how was healthy in that game coming in, and that's where the interesting thing is. But assuming Trey Young being 100% healthy, game three would be the analog, the analogy. And in that game, it was Milwaukee favored with Giannis healthy too by four and a half. Okay, now it's Atlanta by two and a half. So if you do the math at seven, but when you go through pick, it actually is worth half as much. So we'll call it a six-point adjustment. Don't have to worry about the math. It's a six-point adjustment. Giannis is worth about six points. So it's like, okay, healthy Trey Young, healthy Giannis. Now we take Giannis away. We adjusted and move six points. Two and a half is exactly right. Except Trey Young's health is a big question mark. There's a chance he might not play. And even if he does play, it's a great chance he's not going to be 100%. So to whatever degree Trey Young's health is less than 100%, it offers you perfect value here on Milwaukee plus two and a half. Because if Trey Young were 100%, the line should be two and a half. The fact that it is and he's not 100% is value. Full best bet, Milwaukee plus two and a half over Atlanta Saturday night. If you missed any of today's show, you can check out the podcast at FoxSportsRadio.com. Just search for Straight Out of Vegas as we do a deep dive on not only the Bucks and the Hawks, but also the Hard Knocks curse and what it means to the Dallas Cowboys moving forward. We are Straight Out of Vegas. We are back on Tuesday, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 o'clock Pacific, right here on Fox Sports Radio. And as always, you can check out the show on the iHeartRadio app. Straight Out of Vegas! 